When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Overturned is the nothing personal word of the day. Today is Tuesday, June 28th. I needed to have covered this yesterday, but I was en route back from the heat of Arizona, back on the East Coast now. Word of the day is still overturned. While the news is not fresh to some of you, it's still fresh and should be fresh to all of us. Roe v. Wade has been overturned, and I'm not going to talk for 20 minutes about pro-choice, about abortion, about what's happened in the country since the Supreme Court came up with the ruling. I just want to mention that on September 21st of 2021, that is not quite a year ago, when there were oral arguments on this case and there was rumors, I said there's no way even this conservative court will overturn Roe v. Wade. And that was a very specific wait to see. They're all specific, and I revisit wait to seize, as you know. I got that wrong. I thought that even this stacked court, conservative court, they would recognize the precedent of Roe v. Wade and of the Casey case, and we've talked about all this on the show before. You can go back to previous episodes. I thought that they would do something regarding the Mississippi law, but they would not overturn Roe, but they have. And I wanted to give you four minutes of something to think about because what you're seeing in the days since it happened is not a coming together of our country at all. It's actually had the opposite impact. It is making people and their positions even more firm. If you are anti-abortion, if you are pro-abortion, or if you're me, which is neither, I am pro-choice. I would like people to use the right vernacular, the right nomenclature. Just because people are pro-choice doesn't make them pro-abortion. I do not understand why the federal government should not be in the business of making sure that its citizens, men, women, any gender, any size, any color, why their business through our Constitution should not be that they and their rights are protected. Isn't that the number one issue in our country that we fought for is freedom? That's the word that people should be focused on, freedom. Now we've told an entire group of women, most of whom are gonna end up being on the poor side who don't have the money to figure out a way to safely exercise their freedom. This is a, by overturning this and giving power to the states, what you've really done is you have made a socioeconomic decision. You have made it so women 
are going to have to make choices in the name of their own freedom that could lead to their own death. That's the reality. I hate it when the United States of America goes backwards. I'm embarrassed when other countries who I want to believe we are way better than go public with how backwards we are. I don't hate the two-party system. I don't dispute the fact that people can have different opinions on different subjects. I don't dispute that there should be discussions that take place between people who have different viewpoints on different topics. But there is one topic that we should all agree on. No matter who you are, what color you are, what size you are, what age you are, what sex you are, gender, freedom. I think we can all agree on that. But now we've got people celebrating that Roe v. Wade got overturned. I'm not upset that people are celebrating because they want less federal government and more state government. That is a very common difference between Republicans and Democrats. When there used to be more of us in the middle, it was in general, we'd like the states to have plenty of power, but you need the federal government on certain issues because you can't have confusion amongst your team. I like to say this in football, you have an offense and a defense. Picture that as the Republicans and the Democrats. Imagine if you had different team rules for the offense and the defense. You have a curfew of 10 o'clock. You have a curfew of midnight. You do not have to practice three days a week. You do. You're a team. You can't have that. It causes confusion. Having states have such different laws as it relates to, now, different tax laws, hire an accountant. There are differences in state laws. Oh, something's murder in the second degree. New York, that's murder in the second. And another state, that's murder in the first. Oh, there's different penalties for different state crimes, but there's still federal crimes in the federal penal code. There are ways for people to understand the differences when they need to be understood. Oh, I can go 70 miles an hour safely because that's the posted speed limit in your state. In my state, I can only go 55. Am I confused as a citizen of the United States? No, I'm not confused. I just go 15 miles an hour slower. I can do it or choose not to and pay the fine. Now imagine if I'm not paying attention and I'm driving across country and I head into Utah and all of a sudden the speed limit's 70, but if you go over the speed limit, you don't get a ticket, you get shot. Oh my God, I wish someone had told me that. I didn't even know that. I would have tried to avoid Utah. I can't avoid Utah. My work's in Utah. God, I don't really want to be, is it really okay that our citizens can get shot for going over the speed limit? Right now, people need a scorecard to keep track of what states are doing with abortion, all the different trigger laws that are now in effect where abortion is illegal. First of all, who agrees to a law where if there is someone pregnant from rape or incest that that baby has to be brought to term? I'm just curious. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not gonna get into that. 
don't give me your argument that we're protecting the life of the fetus because you're the same people who have the argument that you'll protect the life of the fetus. But by the way, every single social program, you don't want federally funded and you don't want state funded because you don't want your taxes to go up. So therefore, once the kids are born, they're good. We saved their lives. Are you sure? You sure you saved their lives? There's just too many people in this issue who don't understand every side of it. There's too many people who don't realize that there are certain rights that should not be granted to the states. And there's certain people not paying attention to actually what happened when Alito released this opinion. When the Supreme Court has an opinion, there's nine justices. Did you know that all nine can write an opinion if they want? You get assigned. You, Alito, will write the opinion for the majority. You, Sotomayor, let's say, will write an opinion for the dissent. Anyone else want to write something? Roberts, I got to clarify. I want to write something. I'm a yes, but I want to say why. Clarence Thomas, I want to write something called a concurrence. I agree with the majority, and here's why. I agree with the majority, but here's an example where I don't. Clarence Thomas is the single most disgraceful member of our court, having nothing to do with the fact he didn't recuse himself and that his wife tried to help take over the country and tried to spread all this false ridiculousness about the election. Forget all that. If you're paying attention, Clarence Thomas, in his concurring opinion, actually stated that overturning Roe v. Wade was the only result, but we're just starting. There are many other errors in our established law, and we've got to get rid of those. We've got to get rid of same-sex marriage. We've got to get rid of rights, transgender rights. We've got to send all that back to the states. He didn't mention interracial marriage, though. Huh. I wonder whether he wants to keep that as okay. I doubt it, because that would be totally inconsistent. Oh, but he's married to a white woman, so maybe he has to. It's very unclear to me, but it'll be interesting to see as these cases get brought to the Supreme Court, because mark my words, there will be cases in front of the Supreme Court over the next several years that will try to eliminate many of the rights, the rights to contraception, the rights to same-sex marriage the transgender rights, they will be again before the Supreme Court. Where will Chief Justice Roberts be? Or Kavanaugh? Hmm, it's going to be interesting. We'll have to wait and see. So, in conclusion, there are a lot of places you could go to get more information on Roe v. Wade being overturned. I would encourage you to read articles that are written by both the right side and the left side. I would encourage you to try to learn what someone is saying and thinking and believing who does not think or say or believe the way you do. That will be your growth. Then look out at the politicians who are taking advantage of this moment as midterm elections are coming, as we're looking forward to the 2024 presidential election. Take a look at what politicians are doing when they use your freedom as a woman, as a platform, one way or the other. And ask yourself, am I next? Are any of my freedoms ever going to be put into play like this? Wait to see. Someone asked me on radio today, Coca, whether or not... uh, Who's to blame for that big brawl that took place in Seattle and Anaheim? Did you see the big fight between the Mariners and the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim? Someone said to me on radio today, hey, who's to blame? And I said, oh, it's Artie Moreno. Now, I said that 
not as a joke, even though to me, Artie Moreno is to blame for everything that is wrong with the Anaheim Angels. But why is he to blame for the brawl? I want to answer that question for you. Do you know that there are 30 owners who know who the starting pitcher is for a particular game that their team plays in? If you ask 30 owners, they will tell you that there's not one game that happens when they are not made aware of who the starting pitcher is. Now, some owners are more involved than others, but all of them are involved to the point where starting pitching, I got to know that. I don't want to read who's starting a game in the newspaper or on my phone or on the preview on CBSSports.com. So Artie Moreno gets a call and says, hey, we're starting Andrew Wants. Huh? Why are we starting Andrew Wants? Well, funny you should ask, Artie, because we're going to do some plunking. We're not happy that Mike Trout got thrown at. Yeah, I wasn't happy either. That was terrible. We got to hit them. Well, I agree. We're going to hit them, is what Phil Nevin said to his manager, uh, to his owner. But we're going to do it in the beginning of the game, and we're going to start Andrew Wants to do it. Artie Moreno said, do it. There is not one hit-by-pitch that the Marlins ever did in 16 years with them, or the Expos with two years. Not one hit-by-pitch that was purposeful that I was not aware of before it happened. Not one. Your GM goes to your president. Your president goes to your owner. Sometimes your owner goes to your manager and says, we're beaning that guy. Sometimes your manager goes over the head of your GM and president right to the owner and says, we got to take care of this right now, tomorrow. And then we meet and figure out who we're going to hit and under what scenario. These are premeditated acts. They are not emotional spur of the moment. And when you get hit in the beginning of a game and there's retaliation during the game, do you think that's just happening with the manager doing it? No. There is contact during games between managers and GMs. It's not like tennis where you can't speak to your coach during a game or during a point or during a match. You don't need hand signals. We're not sitting up in the box looking down at our manager going plunk, plunk. We'll go down to the clubhouse and have a quick conversation, maybe do it by phone, and say, hey, retaliation now. Here's the player. Here's the situation. If the situation isn't right today, we'll get him tomorrow. If this is the last game of the series, we're going to play him again. We'll get him then. If we're not going to play that team again, then no matter what, we're retaliating. We go through the entire scenario. That means that owners are responsible because there's no one higher, right? I had a boss, was our owner. Major League Baseball gets tape of this crazy brawl, which actually had some punches thrown. It made me crazy. I tweeted this, Coca. Could you just explain one more time for me why when I was on the competition committee and suggested as it related to brawls, when we were asked to give our opinions, how do you want to deal with base brawls? And I said, well, as president of a team, it makes me crazy. Two things. Number one, I don't want any brawls because I don't want players getting hurt for no particular reason. But David, you agree that there's going to be players hit by pitch? Yeah, they get hit in the ass or the numbers on the back of their jersey. We're not throwing at people's heads. What do we look like, Larusa? I used to say, we do not throw at people's heads. There are times when both teams will know that there's going to be a plunking. You plunk, you move on. That's it. 
brawls, there's a chance for a strained hammy. There's a chance for an oblique. There's a chance for a knee. There's a chance for something that will cause a player to be paid to be on the injured list. And above all, that's what we want to avoid. Well, David, how are you going to do that? The NHL and the NBA did it. Can one of you men in this room tell me why the bullpen players are allowed out of the bullpen to run side by side? The Mariners and Angels bullpen people ran side by side, talking about dinner, talking about road beef, talking about whatever they were talking about. Then they get to the melee and start fighting. Come on. Fight right there in the bullpen. You may not leave the outfield. Start with that. Next. You may not leave the bench. The NBA did it. Boom. That was the end. If you leave the bench, automatic suspension. If you leave the bench during a brawl in baseball, you are automatically suspended. I don't care if 20 people leave the bench. We will do the suspensions like they did in the Knicks heat. We'll do five at a time over the course of four days. Leaving the bench, suspension. I'm going to go one more. You can't leave your position on the field. I got zero votes for that. Oh, we got to protect the hitter. Otherwise, it'll be nine on one. No, it won't. Because if you can't leave the bench and you can't leave your position, then it's one on one. The only people who can ever fight are the catcher and the hitter. And then we're going to make another rule. If a catcher is gets involved in a brawl and doesn't take his equipment off first, that's an automatic suspension. I can legislate away all brawls. You want to get up in people's face? Fine. There will be not another benches clearing brawl ever under my watch. The number of votes I got for that? Zero. It's going to change, though. Rob Manford and Michael Hill are going to take a look at this and realize, good it's enough. Can you imagine if Shohei Otani had gotten hurt, just strained a little something-something? Well, David, Mike Trout almost got hit in the head. Yeah, that should have been a suspension. That's not a spider tack issue. You don't throw at Mike Trout's head. I don't know what's going on. I really don't. Phil Nevin got 10 games. He should have gotten more. Phil Nevin, he's, he's a red ass. There's no doubt about that. But he's getting 10 games. Where is the GM Perry Menagian? Where's Artie Moreno? Where are their suspensions? You think Phil Nevin started Andrew Wentz? Didn't tell anyone? G-M-A-B. And what about Iglesias? He only got two games for throwing an entire vat of sunflower seeds on the field. Now, I laughed at that because that was pretty original. I'd never seen that. I've seen the bubblegum. We used to have bubblegum. I don't know if dugouts still have that. There were vats. There were these um, plastic buckets of bubblegum. And you'd have people, Lou Pinella did this a couple times, I think. You, you lift up the vat and you throw all the bubblegum on the field. And you know who has to deal with that? It's not the umpires. It's not the players. It's the clubbies who wash your underwear. So the reason why you see less and less of that is because what the clubbies do is they add a little extra starch. Maybe they watch your underwear with someone who crapped themselves during the game because they don't want to clean up the field of bubblegum in the middle of the game. It's not like stadium security is doing it who you can say, I don't even know who that is. It's the clubbies who you're with in your clubhouse, the ball boys who you're with in your clubhouse every day, all day. So you don't see that much anymore. 
But Iglesias took all the sunflower seeds. I think they were in bags. So it was okay. Can you imagine if they weren't in bags and there was like this, all these loose sunflower seeds out by the plate and they had to get the vacuum out and the grounds crew out? That to me would have been at least three games. We had another rule when we had Ichiro because we employed a guy named Alan Turner who was a, able to be in the dugout. He was the Japanese interpreter, Ichiro's interpreter. We also had a Spanish-speaking interpreter. Very simple rule. You are not allowed on the field unless you are accompanied by a coach. And there's a mound visit or there's something going on if it's a pitcher. Other than that, you are not allowed on the field. Hard stop. The Spanish interpreter for the Angels got suspended. He went on the field and got involved in the melee. Come on. What are we doing here? I'm not sure who's going to appeal these. Anthony Rendon is not. Anthony Rendon is on the injured list with a cast on his hand. Do you know that he got five games? And as we tweeted yesterday, those five games, we found out correctly, are cannot be served until he's off the injured list, and he's off the injured list for the rest of the year. But wait a minute. I've got a little surprise for you. Do you know that come September you can actually take Rendon off the injured list, even though he can't play, and you can put him on the bench as an active player and have him be suspended for those five games? Even though he's out for the year, he's already been told to be out for the year. The only rule is that on the injured list, you may not serve your suspension. It must be served once you're off the injured list. I'm calling up Mike Hill and saying, thank you, no problem. We're taking him off the injured list the last five games of the season. What are you gonna, st- you can't stop us. He's going to be fine. We may pinch hit him. We may have him ready for the, re- the end of the season. Mike Hill and Rob Manford know he's not playing again this season. It's absolutely impossible. Mark my words. If the Angels do not activate Anthony Rendon and have him serve his five games during the course of this lost season, but instead he misses the first five of next season, they're asleep at the switch. And then Rendon also can't be on the bench for seven games. Hallelujah. He gets to go home. That's not exactly a big punishment. So baseball dealt with it. They dealt with it quickly. That's something. It's taking them a little longer, right? It's a little longer for the NFL to deal with Watson. We keep hearing it's happening. He's going to get a year. We don't know. But the hearing starts today. Today's Tuesday, June 28th. We're going to have more on the hearing. I don't know how many days it's going to last, but you're going to hear a little more about Deshaun Watson, where right now the NFL is arguing for a long, long suspension. The NFL Players Union is saying, nah, how about just a year? And then there's going to be an arbitrator who will decide. And then there could be an appeal, which I can't wait to talk about, nothing personal, because the judge in the appeal is Roger freaking Goodell. It's so good. It's so good. All right, we come back. We're going to review a movie I watched yesterday. And I spent in the hotel $27.98 to watch this movie. $27.98. And then we're going to have to talk about the Brooklyn Nets and Kyrie Irving because he's really something. Hang in there. We'll be right back. The 82-game preseason is in the books, and it's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play-in tournament through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. From what you've seen so far, do you think they'll be a first-time winner of the NBA championship? If the Pacers, 
Clippers, Suns, Magic, Pelicans, or T-Wolves win, you win at plus 650. That's six teams to root for, six chances to win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code SAMSON, only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Quite in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson. Thank you for hitting the follow button, please, on Apple Podcasts. Just get in there and hit follow. And then do other stuff too, like Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. You could do that. Spotify, you could rate, review. I watch a movie every day. I was hiking, trying to hike with my torn hamstring in Phoenix. I did hikes back to back. Got home last night in the middle of the night because, of course, I am now nine for my last 10 in flight delays of over an hour each. Some of them much longer. Some of them canceled. So I got back here in the middle of the night, in the middle of the night. So I did get an hour and a half of sleep. And here I am, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I rented at this hotel, and I haven't rented a movie at a hotel in a really long time, but I rented Uncharted with Mark Wahlberg and Tom Holland. It is, I had no idea, so I'm going to take you through exactly what happened. It's got Tom Holland, right? Zendaya's boyfriend, you know him. It's got Mark Wahlberg, that amazing actor who I love so many of his movies. How could I not watch this? Of course I'm going to. So I buy it on whatever, I think it's called Spanker Vision, whatever it's called, and it's $20.99. And I was thinking, all right, that's sort of like a 19.99 Amazon purchase. That's about what a movie ticket is, I'm good. Then I get the hotel bill, I didn't realize all the taxes they put on it. 28 bucks to watch this movie. Then the movie starts, and I see a logo that I recognize, and it said, Sony PlayStation Presents. And I said, wait, do they have a studio now? I don't have a PlayStation. I don't play video games. I thought that Sony started a new division. So I'm watching the movie. The movie is like National Treasure, basically. It's a bunch of people looking for treasure, and there's a bad guy, and then there's someone who wants the treasure for a good reason. Then there's someone who wants it for a bad reason. They have to team up, but then they want to kill each other. And then they find it, but do they find it? Do they get it? Who is Magellan? What did Magellan actually discover? Did he discover anything? Really a lot like National Treasure. So I'm watching the movie. And I'm thinking, you know, what a copycat, not nearly as good. There's a character who's sort of like Riley. I understand who they try to have like Nick Cage. It's just not working for me. It's fine. I'm semi-entertained, only semi. The movie ends, and then I do what I do, which is I read about the trivia. I read, about, I read the review because I don't read it before. And I find out that Uncharted is based on a video game. 
That's why Sony PlayStation was the creator. They created a movie studio to make movies like this, which I found out was going to be a David Russell movie like before Silver Linings Playbook, and they could never get their act together. They finally got this movie made. It looked like a huge budget movie. I have no idea how it did, but I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to save you the 28 bucks. Don't go to a hotel and rent it. If it's free, available to be pirated, nah, don't pirate. I don't want to suggest that. Just don't see it. Tom Holland can do way better. Go watch Spider-Man No Way Home. Mark Wahlberg has 20 movies that are way better. Go back and watch Three Kings with George Clooney if you're looking for a movie that you haven't seen. Go watch The Fighter. Uncharted. Certainly was. You know what's not Uncharted territory? Going for the money when you're a player? That's pretty much we've established that that's how it rolls, isn't it? Like that's what people do? I'm pretty sure that you know that from nothing personal. What was the hubbub about Kyrie Irving opting in to his last year with the Nets for what it, whatever he got, 37, 43, $26 million, whatever amount he got, doesn't matter. What exactly made that front page news? Since we know the rules of basketball, we knew the fact that Sean Marks did not want Kyrie to be signed to a max deal, the GM of the Nets, so he wasn't going to get a max deal. He had one year left on his existing deal, and it was a player option for an obscene amount of money. And the Nets were saying, hey, you want to opt in, opt in. You want to play on your one-year deal? Great. We're not giving you a max deal, period. Oh, you want to give us a list of teams to be traded to? Fine. Ready? We're on speaker. Hey, do you guys want to trade us a bunch of stuff for Kyrie Irving? Huh? No. Hey, do you want to trade us a bunch of stuff for Kyrie Irving? No. Hey, sorry, we got one more team in the list. Would you like to trade us a bunch of stuff for Kyrie Irving? What you talking about? No. Hey, Kyrie, what are your thoughts here? I know. The Lakers will take you, but it'll be at $6 million a year. You want to do that? Are you crazy? You think I'm going to not pick up my player option for $40 million so I can sign for $6 million with the Lakers to try to win another championship with LeBron James and Anthony Davis? What? I gave up half my salary last year because of COVID. Forget it. Well, what are you going to do then, Kyrie? Of course I'm going to opt in. You know that you could still trade me, though. We could still do something. Kyrie, nobody wants you. The amount of money you're being paid, there's no, no juice. And God, do you come with squeeze. His quote announcing his opt-in was one for the ages. Normal people keep the world going, but those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow. Huh? Let me say that one more time. This was his announcement that he was taking the money from the Nets. Normal people keep the world going. Okay. I'm picturing like the Flintstone uh, pedaling, like when, when they had their, their car, they had to pedal their car. So I always picture, that's how I picture my heart, by the way. I picture my heart has hamsters on a wheel and they're, you know, I'm getting older, so they're getting a little more tired and all the different activities. Like when you're out of breath, the hamsters are like, dude, I, I, I'm tired. Like I'm not running around the wheel as fast. And when you have a heart attack and die, then the hamster's like they've keeled over. I've always envisioned that. And you got to feed the hamster from time to time to keep it going. I always picture like how, how old are my hamsters? Like are they getting tired? How are they feeling? Anyway, normal people keep the world going. Okay. So there are people who are normal. I don't know what normal a normal person is. 
especially in 2022. What is your definition of normal, Kyrie? I don't know if you're normal, you're not normal, maybe you're abnormal, you could be immoral, whatever you are. Normal people keep the world going. But those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow. Ah, not exactly true. Daring to be different. I love people who dare to be different. I really do. But I don't think that it takes an act of anybody to get us to tomorrow. Because that's the thing about tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to be today, and today was yesterday's tomorrow. So if today is yesterday's tomorrow, and tomorrow will be today, hmm. Kyrie, are you the one who dares to be different? So you're leading us into tomorrow? So you dared to be different in all the stuff you're doing? It's funny, I think you're just like everybody else. I think you're one of the normal people keeping the world going. Because guess what keeps the world circulating and spinning on its axis? Money, 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 money. Thank you for opting in. I'm sure Nets fans are so happy, Kyrie. So happy. I actually thought that you were not going to opt in. And I thought that you were going to figure out a way to arrange a trade to somebody in some league. But it turns out that if the four teams that are on your list didn't want you, there are 27 other teams, and I know just where to find them. LinkedIn. These days, it can be hard to find and hire the right candidates for your basketball team or for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs made it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster, and it's free. Kyrie, it's free. It's a good price for you. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 770 million. Get on LinkedIn, Kyrie, because teams are on it and they can post needed. Point guard, who will play some of the time, is spectacular some of the time, but boy, is going to be a pain in your tuchus. It's why businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. I don't know if you knew this, Coca. But every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Isn't that amazing? And God knows people have jobs and need jobs. And people are hiring. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Samson. All you people who are hiring where there's help wanted signs, and I see them all over New York and New Jersey and Connecticut and Arizona and California. I see them everywhere. If you post your job for free, which you can at LinkedIn.com slash Samson, it's going to get filled. There are great candidates on LinkedIn. And if you're a candidate and you want a better job, more money, get your profile going. People hire off LinkedIn. Trust me. Now, terms and conditions do apply. LinkedIn.com slash Samson. Did you get that? They took in the copy that I'm supposed to read forward slash out of it. I thought it was a forward slash, but they just said LinkedIn.com slash Samson. So you're supposed to know what that means. That means from upper right to lower left. Or does it mean from upper left to lower right, Coca? I don't know which one the slash is. I always think it's upper right to lower left. Pick of the day. Do you guys remember my pick on Friday? People were shocked. Justin Verlander over the Yankees. No, you're going to pick the Astros over the Yankees? Yeah. We're 73 and 62. Did you watch that Yankee series? I did. Split 2-2. 
Aaron Judge, two walk-offs. Aaron Judge settled his arbitration hearing. Remember on Friday, he was going into the hearing? And right after we recorded, word came out they settled. Phew. The Yankees are so scared of going to hearings, it's amazing. They hate it. Do you know why they settled? Because they knew the arbitrators had no choice but to give them the 21. It was 17 versus 21 million. Even though they're not supposed to look at this season, it's going to be hard to avoid that. We talked about that on a previous show. It's going to be hard to avoid the reality that Aaron Judge is the American League MVP if the season ended today. Now, he could still get hurt. He could still fall off a cliff in production. But if he does this for three more months, he will be the MVP, no question about it. Maybe even unanimous, even though there's some other great players happening right now in the American League. Otani, Ramirez, etc. That's Jose Ramirez of the Guardians. If the Guardians win their division with Jose Ramirez doing what he's doing, he really will get some first place votes. But anyway, we'll talk about that another time. I want to talk about something in the business of arbitration that is not talked about because you read something about Aaron Judge. You read that Aaron Judge settled his arbitration with the Yankees at $19 million. Aaron Judge wanted 21. The team wanted to give him 17. That sounds like they did a midpoint settlement. A midpoint settlement is when one person files one number, the, uh, the team files another number. You split the difference. You say we're good, right? Midpoint settlements are the bane of management's existence because that is an increase in the salary structure overall. Midpoint settlements are bad for owners, good for players. But you know what's even better? A settlement above the midpoint. Now, we would get yelled at by Central Baseball if we would ever settle a arbitration case above the midpoint. Like get in trouble. Like a phone call from the commissioner type of thing. What the hell are you doing? Oh, we really don't want to go to the room. Go to the room. We, we always went to the room, so it was never us. But settling above the midpoint, bad. Because now, going forward, other players in arbitration get to use Aaron Judge's contract as a new point, as a new number. Given his injury history, given the number of games he's been on the field, given the lack of winning for his team, given the lack of hardware that he had other than Rookie of the Year, you get to say, look, that was $19 million. You don't get to say 17 or 21. You get to say 19. But wait, there was a little part of the settlement that's not being discussed, and it should be. Do you remember when Aaron Judge said he didn't want to settle? Aaron Judge was fine going to a hearing? Do you think he was bluffing? No. He was waiting to get above the midpoint. But David, he didn't get above the midpoint. Yes, he did. Maybe. As part of his contract, there are now bonuses. When you go to a hearing, you get either the salary that the team submitted or the salary that the players submitted, and that's it. There's no bonuses for gold gloves. There's no bonuses for MVPs. There's no bonuses for Cy Youngs. Nothing. It's a clean contract with the number the arbitrators choose. If you settle an arbitration, you can put anything in it you want. It's like negotiating a contract without the help of arbitrators. It's as though Aaron Judge had negotiated this contract before the season started. But he didn't. He negotiated it now, where he's the leading candidate to be the MVP. He gets $250,000 if he wins the American League MVP, which would make his salary this year $19.25 million. 
which would make it an above midpoint settlement. So if he wins MVP in future years, the Aaron Judge 2022 final year of arbitration contract will be used as a comp, as a comparable, as an above midpoint settlement of $19.25 million. Normally, you'd say that's not an attainable bonus. That, that's the code that we would use to try to excuse some of the provisions we'd give to players. Like, hey, we'll give you $100,000 for every game you start over 10 games. We'll give you an extra $400,000 if you start 25 games. Do you know what the rule is on what's attainable and what's not? If a player has ever done in his career what you are now offering a bonus for him to do, that is called an attainable bonus. An attainable bonus will be counted as part of the contract for comp reasons going forward. An unattainable bonus is something the player has never done. If you've got a bullpen guy who's never finished games, never been a closer, and you put in his deal that he gets $200,000 for 20 games finished, that's an unattainable bonus. He's never finished a game in his life. If you've got a guy who had 30 saves last year and he's got a bonus for 20 games finished, that's attainable because he clearly finished at least 30 games, assuming he didn't blow any saves. You hearing the difference between attainable and not attainable? World Series and uh, World Series, that is unattainable. American League MVP also counts as unattainable, but preseason, that's a real unattainable bonus. On June 27th, with the season judges having, my argument to baseball would be that is an attainable bonus. That means it will count as his salary. Let's see if it does. Okay. So we're 73 and 62. How about the no-hitter by the Astros? Everyone's all excited. CBS, I was climbing a mountain, but CBS said, get on the air. We got a no-hitter of the Yankees. And then there was a no-hitter the next day. Do you know the Yankees could have been the first team ever to get no-hit back-to-back games? I thought stuff like that, I thought it definitely had happened before, right? But no, it hadn't. The Yankees were being no-hit like until the sixth or seventh inning when Stanton hit a bomb, and then LeMahieu hit a home run, and then Judge hit a walk-off home run, and they ended up winning the game, and yada, yada, yada. At the end of the day... They ended up splitting, but it was one hell of a series. So what's my pick today? I think the Astros are going to get, by the way, baseball I love. Do you know the last time the Yankees got no hit was 2003, the year we beat them in the World Series? I did not remember this at all. They got no hit in a combined no hitter by the Astros. How cool is that? The only two no hitters the Yankees have had in like the last 50 years were the same team, the Astros both combined. Very bizarre. Pick of the day today is the Astros over the Mets. The Astros are a really good team. And I would think that a team that splits with the Yankees would have a hangover, but not when you're the Astros. Not when you have Dusty Baker as your manager. There will be no hangover. They are going to beat the Mets. Carrasco's been fine, but Astros over Mets. Pick of the day. Okay. I watched the Avs win the Stanley Cup. Did you? I did. I really thought there'd be a game seven. I'm sort of disappointed in that, especially because I had to wait to see on June 1st of 2022. Wait to see is when I tell you something's going to happen. If it happens, we revisit it. If it doesn't happen, we revisit it. I want to be that guy for you every day. I want to be the one who's accountable. I told you the Tampa Bay Lightning were going to win back to back to back. 
They lost in six games to the Colorado Avalanche, who won their first cup since 2001. I forgot to take into account the Stan Officer Krupke situation. The owner of the Avalanche is also the owner of the Los Angeles Rams. He was going for his second major in a year. I don't think it's ever happened. The Avalanche were just the better team. They were just the better team. Okay, I also want to end the show the way I started it. The Supreme Court starts meeting the first Monday in October. They then release opinions over the course of summer summer weeks, summer days, summer nights. I'd like you to go back to an episode, Coca. I don't remember which episode it was, where we talked about a high school football coach who was praying on the field in Washington State and he lost his job because you're not supposed to mix church and state. School prayer is not supposed to exist. And I tried to explain the difference. It's not Notre Dame. It's not Georgetown. This was a high school where kids may or may not have felt pressured, but likely felt pressured to join their coach, even though the coach said, I didn't pressure anyone. The players say, oh, I didn't feel pressured. But all of a sudden, players are praying all of a sudden in the middle of the field with this coach. The coach gets let go. Every conservative in the country all of the guys to the religious right, who, by the way, they're only conveniently religious. You're never going to get a top five out of me because it's personal, but just mark my words. I can give you a top five unbelievably religious players who had no issue with having women in every city. That wasn't the issue, but believe me, they're religious. So all of the pro-religious people helped this case get to the Supreme Court. And I told you there's no way this Supreme Court can rule in favor of this coach. It's just not going to happen. We cannot have prayer in public school. You just can't have it. Well, they released the case yesterday, and I was wrong. I was wrong. The Supreme Court, in that same 6-3 to three vote, the same six conservative justices ruled against the three liberal judges and this, the, the quotes were just staggering to me, right? Apparently, what Justice Thomas wants you to believe is that what's the difference? We've got to allow it for people to exhibit their religious beliefs and to pray, even if it's on public school property, because what would be next if we didn't allow that? God, it's so convenient for him to say one thing about one issue and one thing about another issue. Interesting to me. It's an entire case where you're talking about government workers' free speech, the free exercise of their faith. Do you know that the Constitution has a prohibition of government-endorsed religion? The ability of public employers to regulate speech in the workplace? There are all these different rights in the Constitution. The job of the Supreme Court is to figure out what's what and who's who. Sometimes it's convenient to say, oh, it's not in there. Sometimes it's convenient to say, well, it's sort of in there. It's mostly in there. Hi, Second Amendment. Partially in there. It's been clear for 50 years that you cannot pressure students to participate in religious activities. It's been clear as day. And do you know what's clear after this ruling? that you can. And you th think they're going to be kids who are not comfortable? You're right. You think they're going to be kids who are going to be forced to engage in prayer in school or in other activities in school that don't make them comfortable because the line has now been blurred by this court? Yes. 
This is a far bigger deal than people are saying. The coach himself just said, this is so awesome. All I ever wanted was to be back on the field with my guys, is what Coach Kennedy said after he read this opinion. I'm incredibly grateful to the Supreme Court, my fantastic legal team, and everyone who has supported us. And here comes the line of the day. I thank God for answering our prayers and sustaining my family through this long battle. Well, why can't that same God who you are thanking, whose prayer, who answered your prayers, what if someone else's prayers are not to have to pray with you? Can those prayers be answered? Or is that a different God? And by the way, when did that become part of our established law? It's the opposite. The Supreme Court has stepped in it in a way that has done something that has made me the saddest I've been in a long time. I used to revere the Supreme Court. I didn't agree with all their decisions, but both conservatives and liberals, the Supreme Court, they were the nine people who you just looked up to. You respected as the top of their profession, the smartest legal minds and analytical minds in our country, in the world. We counted on them to be the final arbiters when we couldn't agree as normal people. They had the ability to do something that we couldn't. I would genuflect in their general direction. And now they're just political hacks. Did this happen on our watch? They actually go through cases and say, eh, it's just business. This is nothing personal. 